everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 115 of the Real Life Runners podcast. So goals are great. They can give us direction and focus. They can keep us motivated and push us through rough patches. However, goals need to be created carefully. And it's a really good idea to sometimes go back and reevaluate and ask yourself, do you actually want to reach your goal? This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So I love the idea behind this episode of taking a look at your goals and asking yourself if you really want to achieve that goal. Because once you set a goal, like setting goals are great, but sometimes I think that we set goals and we don't always think about what's involved to achieve those goals. But sometimes we set goals because they sound cool. You know, yeah. you want to put a goal out there. Some people get a little scared to set a goal. They don't want to tell people because it's this huge intimidating goal. Mm-hmm. Other people are like, oh no, my goal is this and it sounds awesome. Yeah. But they're not working towards it at all. Mm-hmm. But it sounds cool. It does sound cool. And it's Sometimes it's interesting though, like, like you said, like, I think it's very interesting the way that different people set goals. Cause like you said, there are some people that think, Oh no, like I don't think I can achieve that. So I better not say it out loud. Yeah. That, that's not my goal. And it's definitely lower than that. Yeah. And then there's other people that like set these ridiculous goals that are so lofty that you're like that he can't do that. And like, he's not even trying to do that. Some people are able to set those huge goals and have everybody around them be like, that's insane, that's ridiculous, and then they go out and and prove them wrong. Which is awesome. Right. Yeah. But other people set those huge, giant goals essentially to be like, look at how cool my goal is. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not even a goal that they're working towards. Yeah, so you, then you wonder if they're actually working towards that or not. Right. And so then you got to be like, well, can you even have that goal if you also have that goal right. and that goal? Like, How many of these different goals can you achieve simultaneously? Mm-hmm. Well, and then there's people that kind of get distracted along the way. Like I know I've fallen into that trap before too, where like I'll be working towards something and then it's like the shiny object syndrome where like, oh, I want, yeah, that, that was great, but I want to go do that now. Yeah. And I mean, that's part of the issue of if the goal is so big that it takes you a while to get mm-hmm. there, you can get a little sidetracked along the way yeah. and you got to make sure you, you check in with your goal periodically. Yeah. It may be your goal. You may actually want that goal but you got distracted Mm -hmm. or it's possible that you got distracted and that's actually not your goal anymore. You may have detoured and detoured for a complete valid reason. You may have found something else that is better and more satisfying. You're going to find more joy and happiness with that. And so you took a a rightful detour, but don't pretend that that other thing is still your goal. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like that's an excellent point that you make right off the bat is, you know, sometimes reevaluating your goals is a really good thing because you can realize that you don't want that goal anymore. Like it's not just that you're not capable of achieving it. Like that's not what we're saying. We're saying like sometimes that goal just doesn't make sense for where you are in your life anymore. And that's a good thing a lot of times. Yeah, the the title is a little stark of like, you know, do you want your goal? Like when we first came out here, like, do you actually want to reach it? it? It could be perceived as insulting. And there may be listeners that are a little taken aback by that thing, but that's not... That's not exactly the approach. Like there are goals that if you go back and you really look at it, you're like, actually, 
I have no desire to reach that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's not a priority for me. Life changes and life comes up and sometimes you're like, okay, that's going to make getting my, my goal more difficult. That might make it take a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And other times things come up in your life and you're like, well, that's not even a priority for me anymore. I'm going to take a a sharp turn to the right and this is my new goal. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay. And the thing is, I think it's a good idea to reassess so that you know, like, okay, like, am I just slacking off? Am I just actually not wanting to put in the work to achieve that goal? Should I reevaluate whether or not I actually want that goal? Like, you know, because sometimes when you first set a goal, you might not know everything that it takes to achieve that goal. Ooh, that's a good point. You know, and once you do realize and learn what it does take to achieve that goal, you're no longer interested in that. And then there's the other thing, like you're saying, is sometimes when you start working to a, a goal and you start to get detoured and you realize, no, actually, this is a better path for me. I don't want that path anymore. I want this path. And I think it's a good idea to just assess and say, okay, like, am I taking the easy way out by abandoning that goal and going this other way? Am I just making excuses or is this really what I want right now? Right. That's why on, on a regular basis, I think you should check in with your overall life goals and make sure that they are goals that you want to actually be working towards. Exactly. So today we're going to go over some goal setting, um, le- different levels of goals, how you can assess whether or not you're current goals are right for you. And if you don't have any goals, we're going to help you figure out how to set some appropriate goals for yourself. Because So if you're not running or driving, take out some paper because we're going to make some goals. Yeah, because, you know, everybody should have some sort of goal because goals give us direction in life. Goals help us to understand the path that we're on, the journey that we're taking, and what direction we should be moving. Like, If you're going on a journey, you need to have a map to let you know the general direction of where you should be going. You don't just need a map. You need a point on the map that you're heading towards. Yes, that too. It's cool to have a map, but it's nice to actually know where you're starting and where you're ending. And, you know, the path might be direct. It might be a little circuitous. But yeah, that's what I went with. Um, But at least there's a start and an end point. Hashtag big vocabulary word. Woohoo, SAT's coming. Okay, so let's go over some of the basics of goal setting. So the first thing that you want to do when you want to set at your goals are to decide on your major life priorities. Like you, it's a great idea to look at the big topics of your life and put them in order. Like big topics. Yeah. Like what do you have going on in your life right now? Family, work, recreation, friends, whatever it might be. Like there's a lot of different areas of your life and it's a great idea to just write them all down. Like, so first let's just start with a brain dump. Okay. Like let's do a brainstorming list and just list out all the different things that you've got going on in your life right now. And then go through and rank them, you know, literally put them in order from one to 10 or one to 52 or however many you have on your list, go through and rank them in order of priority to you Right now at this point in your life. You might not have 1 through 52. I think maybe if you have 1 through 52, some of them can be put together into similar areas. <laughs> yeah, like, there's probably around 10. Right. Like, you don't have to separate out, like, your running and your strength training and nutrition and hydration and sleep. You can kind of put that into health. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you have your list of 10 or 52 and, uh, and they're ranked. Now go through the list and decide whether you are satisfied with those areas. Yeah. I like to have people give themselves a score. Like sometimes I think that's really helpful is to actually score yourself from one to 10 on your satisfaction in that area. So if you feel like, you know, 
this area, like let's say physical health, right? Physical health, I work out all the time. I'm running, I'm strength training, I am taking care of my recovery and I'm getting enough sleep and I'm hydrating and I'm never eating processed foods and I am just like rocking the physical health right now. That would be a 10, okay? I cannot get any better than this. And if you just feel like, this area is a complete train wreck, that would be a one, okay? So give yourself a score from one to 10. You know, and some some of the categories that you might think about um, if you're kind of struggling to come up with some would be physical health, mental health, relationships, um, family, uh, leisurely time or recreation time, yeah, personal score, development. Score your fun in there also. Yeah, like recreation spirituality. Time, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you have you have a good good list of these guys, and I like the score of one through ten because you get to judge them yourself. Like you get to judge right. how satisfied you are with that particular thing. And so some people are going to score it, you know, more difficult than others. Like if you're out there and you're an Olympian and you're like, oh man, I only got in like 80 miles of running this week (laughs) instead of my normal 120, they're going to score that down. Whereas other people be like, okay, well that's like a 15 out of 10, Mm -hmm. you know? So it is your own personal score and it gives you, it gives you a starting point. Everybody needs a starting point. Right. And nobody else needs to see these scores. These scores are for you. And just because you give yourself a lower score does not mean that that area is not a priority for you. I think that this is very important to point out because say, you know, relationships, like say your marriage or your partnership with someone, that's one of your categories. Um, Just because you give it a four or a five or a six, that doesn't mean that that's where it ranks on your list of priorities. That could be your number one priority or your number two priority, but you just feel like you're not giving it the attention that you need right now. You're not satisfied in that way and that you want to improve. So a lot of times, one thing that I think is very important that we tend to see is that the things that we prioritize the highest on our list often have lower scores or like more mediocre scores because we put them at such a high priority that we expect a lot out of ourselves when it comes to those areas and we always feel like we could be better than we are right now. It's hard to be a 10 with your number one priority. Right. You know, like because we feel like, okay, that's super high on my list right now and I, I'm not where exactly where I want to be with it. So, so it's a six. Yeah. So don't <laughs> feel bad if your top priority or your top three priorities actually have lower satisfaction scores. That's actually very common because you feel like you should be giving more attention to them or more priority to them. Um, so, and you're not currently doing that. So that tends to be common. Right. And then some of the things lower on the list, you're, you put them low on the list. So you might be not giving it much attention at all and feel totally satisfied with that. You put it really low on the list. You don't want to give it much attention. So you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't prioritize that Mm -hmm. area of my life and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Like, and I think that's huge is like, it's your level of happiness and satisfaction in that arena of your life. Yeah. Okay, so you've got you've got your areas, you've got them ranked, and then you've got your levels of satisfaction all figured out. Okay, now within those levels, look at the ones where you're not as satisfied as you'd like to be, mm-hmm. and pick a goal. Yeah, pick a goal to help improve your satisfaction. Right, and so I would recommend maybe picking like a couple of goals to work on at any given time. You don't want to be working on twenty goals at one time usually because that tends to, you know 
take your focus away. Like it's hard to focus and prioritize one or two things when you're really trying to work towards 20 different goals. Like you can have one big goal and then 20 sub goals. Like I think that's really important to do is to take that big goal that you want to achieve and then break it down into more manageable goals and more manageable steps. And we'll go over that in a little bit here too. Um, But having like some major goals for those areas or like having what a 10 looks like. I think that's also important is what Mm -hmm. is like, if you're, if you rank yourself a seven in any given area, what does a 10 look like? Okay. What does satisfaction in that area look like so that you know where you're going there? That's giving you that roadmap. That's giving you that goal of where you know that you need to work from so that you can get from where you are to where you want to be. All right. So you say don't put like 20 goals out there. You mean within one topic or like if you've got 10 different topics mm-hmm. and none of your areas of your life are scoring at a 10 because mm-hmm. it's tough to feel like you're at a 10 with almost any of yeah. them. So you think within each of those, say, 10 areas, mm-hmm. you should have a goal or a I don't think so. Goals? I mean, I think that if you want to set them, that's fine, but I don't think that you can actually focus on a goal in every single area at one time. I think you need to pick one or two areas right now, you know, for the next 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever it might be. Um, and pick one or two priorities or or areas that you want to work on and work to achieve those things. And then do this again, do the, do another reassessment, see where you are. And then, okay, maybe I, I feel, I'm feeling much better about this area of my life. Now I want to start working on this area. Okay. I mean, I like that. I think that, um, you know, with the risk of putting, you know, juggling too many balls simultaneously, you want to make sure that you're got something, you know, at least several areas down, like maybe the one area of your life that's like lowest on the list. You don't have to do some sort of big goal in that one. Mm -hmm. But the ones that are even like in the middle of your priority list, you still want to take some step forward. It might not be some sizable goal. It's not some like, this is going to completely overhaul my life. But to, to not put anything on there, I feel like almost neglects it. It's almost like it's going to get pushed lower in your satisfaction score. I think that that's okay sometimes. Like I think it's okay to neglect some areas of your life at time. And that's kind of what seasons are for, right? We've talked about cycling and seasons and, and those kind of things. Like sometimes it's okay. Like if you're training for a marathon right now, your physical health, that's what your goal is. And you know that when you are chasing down that goal, there are going to be other parts of your life, like maybe your social life that you are not going to be able to put as much time, attention and energy into. Mm-hmm. And, and you just have to be okay with that. So I, I don't think that you necessarily have to be working Working to better yourself in every single area of your life at one time. Yeah, maybe a, a couple areas. Yeah. Make sure that you've got your your major high priorities taken care mm-hmm. of, and you know, make sure that you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. Essentially, right. you know, if if you're scoring at like a nine on your one priority and you're scoring at like a four on your number two priority, maybe put more effort into that number two priority because mm-hmm. that's going to give you more satisfaction. You're pretty darn satisfied with priority number one. Right. But you don't want to neglect priority number one either because mm-hmm. then that's going to drop down in your satisfaction list. Right. So where you're going to take your time and energy out of are the things that are lower on your priority list. Like you want to try to maintain your nine and then pull from somewhere else that you can put more time and effort towards the goal of priority number two. Exactly. Because that one was slipping on you. Right. Exactly. So I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying about 
not neglecting the all areas. I think that part of what you can do is write out what a 10 looks like maybe in each area, just so that you have an idea of what you actually want in that area. And then if you take little steps along the way, that's fine. But I do think that sometimes the the things that are lower on your priority list, um, you are not going to spend as much time focusing on those as the things higher on your priority list at any given time, because that's how you actually can focus and achieve your goals. Yeah, I've, even just taking the time to write out what a 10 looks like in all the different areas, right. just taking the time to write that out might make you feel more satisfied. Mm-hmm. You might, with very little effort, boost something lower on your priority list and be like, oh, well, I, I could do that. I would feel more satisfied and it would take an extra minute out of my day. Exactly. Like it doesn't, this would not be an exhausting thing for mm-hmm. me to boost my satisfaction at that level. You're not going to get a lot of overall life satisfaction for it because it was priority number like 10, but you feel better towards that. Okay. All right. So you were talking about, it's tough to make all these goals simultaneously because sometimes you have two different goals that you're trying to achieve and they can conflict with each other. Sometimes that's true. Okay. Um, now I think that this is a really interesting topic to kind of dive into is, you know, you probably can't achieve all these goals simultaneously because something is, is likely to slip to try Mm -hmm. and boost everything to a 10 is insane. I I just don't think that's ever going to happen. That's just not realistic. I don't think it ever should happen. Right. It, It kind of takes away the whole idea that you've prioritized anything, but what if you're trying to achieve goals in areas one and two Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh, well to be satisfied, I really want to achieve this goal and that goal. And they seem to conflict in your head. Right. And I think that that's a, a interesting point. It, it definitely can, like there can definitely be conflict. Like what we just said about marathon training, Um, a lot of times if you're going to marathon train and you want to increase the level of satisfaction in your personal relationships with friends or family, sometimes that can conflict because you are so focused on the running and the recovery and getting enough sleep and and you might not actually have as much time to spend with your family and friends. So Sometimes those goals can conflict a little, but I think it's important to ask ourselves, is this an actual true conflict or am I just telling myself that it's a conflict? And it's just, it's difficult to do both, but I actually can do both. Excuse the interruption, but I just had to pop in and let you know about an upcoming workshop that we're hosting inside the Real Life Runners Academy. If you're someone that's ever struggled with thoughts or beliefs that are getting in your way, or you think you're self-sabotaging yourself and you can't understand why you're doing things that you don't want to do or not doing things that you know you should be doing or want to be doing, this message is for you. We're hosting a special academy workshop May 14th, and we're bringing in an expert in neuro-linguistic programming, Ms. Megan Blacksmith. And she's going to be teaching us how the thoughts that we have can either be helping us in our life or holding us back. And we want to invite you, our amazing podcast listeners, to join us. So you don't have to be an, a member of the Academy to join us this month. 
You can join for a small one-time fee by going over to realliferunners.com forward slash workshop. If you are a current Academy member, this and all of our monthly workshops and all experts, that's all already included in your current membership. So if you are a current member, do not go to the website and repurchase because it's already included with your membership. But if you want to join just for the workshop, check it out over at realliferunners.com slash workshop today. Now, back to the show. Right, you can do both. You're probably going to have to take a little bit more out of some other bucket somewhere. Okay. And I mean, I know I got into the issue of I wanted to prioritize time with family and running, but I didn't look at the entire big picture of health. And so I was just prioritizing working out and I pulled out of the bucket of sleep. Right. And that didn't go so well. Yeah. And the problem was is that I, in, I separated running and recovery into two different topics of life and mm-hmm. you can't like that's goes into the topic of physical well-being. Right. And so you can't you can't both pull from the bucket and dump into the bucket simultaneously. It, it doesn't it doesn't work. Right. Um, but there are other things like you just said, if you're trying to improve like your relationship with those around you and your physical health, you're going to have to take time away from something else. Something else is going to need less of your mental capacity and less of your time. So you're going to have to get really efficient in other areas. Yeah. Something's got to give, right? It's like Mm -hmm. that old saying. I think it also becomes more difficult when you have people in your life that might not understand what you're doing um, and might not support it a hundred percent. Like sometimes there's a, there's a big conflict there um, with the people around you. I know that I've got a friend that is like that like she started working out all the time and she got in really good shape she lost weight she was looking fantastic and her husband is very very overweight and she would tell me how he would actually try to sabotage her in a lot of ways like he would you know try to convince her to eat the crappy food that they were eating and you know he would just he just was not being supportive of her. And it that just made me so sad. And I think that that can be a conflict because sometimes people in your life just don't understand it. Like they, they're like, why is... Why are you trying to do that right now? Like, that doesn't make sense. That's not who we are. That's not what we do. And it's like, well, no, that that is who I want to be. That's who I want to be. Yeah. And if you accept that on an identity level, it's not just who I want to be. It's who I am choosing to be right now. Right. And so this is what I'm choosing to have for dinner. And then I'm going to choose to get up tomorrow morning and go work out. And mm-hmm. people are like, what? no, we we go out on Friday night and we stay yeah. out late and this is what, this is our thing. That's this what, we is do. what we do. Yeah. And so when you're trying to make changes to that, mm-hmm. it, you need to have a supportive community around you. <clears throat> yeah. There, there are a lot of times can be conflict and a lot of pushback in a lot of ways. And that's one, another reason that it's very important for you to have open lines of communication between you and your support network. Like whoever it is in your life that is part of your support network, it's very important that they understand 
what you're trying to achieve, what goal you're working towards, and why you're doing that. Right. That's why it's it's really important to understand your why so you can try to explain it to the people around <laughs> yeah. you who might be confused. And they might still be confused because mm -hmm. they don't understand your why. That's why it's your why. Right. And even if that's the case, like they still might not accept it even after you explain that. And you just have to be okay with that. Right. The, so... You're still going to need to find some supportive people. Maybe it's maybe you need a new support group, and yes. you're you might not you know leave the people who are less supportive. You know, if it's if it's a spouse, it's if a significant other, and you're with them, and you're like, okay, well, they're not going to change their health priorities, but I'm going to. You just need more people who will support you mm -hmm. in that journey that you're going to take because right. someone's going to need to help you because it's not going to be a perfectly smooth path. You need help along the way. Right. And another thing that I think it's important to point out is sometimes it just takes people a little longer than you might like it to. So maybe when you first start to make some changes, then you are getting that pushback or you are getting conflict from people in your life. And then as long as you stay strong and you continue down the path, then maybe they start to come around a little bit. Maybe they see start to see some of the changes that you're making and that inspires them to maybe like, oh, okay, well, now I'm starting to understand this more. Like she's, she has more energy. She seems happier. She seems more fulfilled. Like she's not getting angry as often. She's not doing this. Like, so they can see, start to see those positive changes in you. And then they might even start to reevaluate their own life and say, oh, well, if that was able to do that for her, then maybe I should start to make a couple changes too. And that might take a while. It might take a long time. <laughs> yeah. But your, your change can, in fact, inspire others to make change. And that's just all the more satisfying yeah. when what you've done to change and overhaul your life starts changing the lives around you. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. It's so phenomenal. I mean, it's what we're trying to do with our kids. It's yep. why we do what we do to try and get them to understand it, to understand why health is a priority for us. Right. And I think that it's also important to point out that it doesn't usually work as well if you're like pushing it down people's throats no that never works you know a lot of times if you're just like pushing it over and over and over again or you're really trying to like bombard people with the information it can come back and it can backfire um whereas if you choose to kind of just silently go about your business and just do and lead by example a lot of times that goes a lot better all right so um back on onto the conflict i i want to look at it from a different angle also here of not just the, the pushback from some people around you. Sometimes there are um, two goals that definitely actually conflict or certainly that trying to achieve both those goals simultaneously is going to make it difficult to achieve rather than just one at a time. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes we can put a, another goal in front of ourselves to purposely conflict with a, a goal that we already have. What? Okay. Like you're talking about like purposely creating a conflict. Yes, purposely creating a conflict. And why would we do that? Well, we've set up a goal. We're not sure that we can even achieve that goal. And so we set this goal in another area of our life to be like, okay, well, I'm going to put the I'm going to put goal A on the back burner because I have to get goal B. It's called self-sabotage. Yeah, self-sabotage. That's how it works. And then as soon as you get goal B, oh, well, now look at this thing that I have to do before mm -hmm. I can get to goal A. And now I have to do this thing before I get to goal A. Are you talking directly to me, Kevin? <laughs> because I have done this so many different times in my life. Like, And I think that all of us are guilty of this at some time 
or another, whether or not we realize it or not. Oh, all of the time. Like people do this all the time. This is actually one of the things that sort of spurred on um, the, the entire topic to this one is we're coming up towards the end of the semester. I got a lot of students that are like, Mr. Brown, what can I do to boost my grade in the class? And I'm like, have you considered studying for any of the tests? <laughs> And they're like, um, have you considered answering every question on the test? Have you done your homework? Like there's some basic things and they're like, oh, well, I, I don't have time. I've got a sport that I play. And it's like, okay, well, you've set your priorities and that's, that's fine. And you can achieve both the grade in the class that you want and achieve the success at that sport you want. But what else are you doing with your time? Mm -hmm. How much time did you spend watching TV? How much time were you on your phone scrolling through Instagram? Like what other things were you doing that could have freed up all this time? Because I get kids that tell me all the time, oh, I didn't have time to study for that test. I'm sure you did. Yeah. I bet if I looked at your schedule for the day, you had like an hour and a half of time that you just straight up wasted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I get this one a lot and it's... It's not exactly like two goals simultaneously. It's trying to achieve two goals that you could do, but then they put in all this other filler and all these sort of distractions that prevent them. Like, yes, like we just said, it's uh, if you're trying to achieve two goals that achieving one is difficult and achieving the other one is difficult, achieving them together is even more difficult. You got to clear out a lot of the other clutter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it can be done if you really want it. And that goes back to our original question is, do you actually want to reach that goal? Do you actually want to achieve that? Because if you want to do goal A or goal B or goal A and B, mm -hmm. what else are you going to have to give up in order to do that? Yeah, you can you can achieve A, good, no problem. You can achieve B, no problem. But to do A and B, you can't do C. Right. You know, and that's sometimes people are like, oh, but I don't I don't really want to give that up. And it's like, well, then how badly do you actually want A and B? Or do you need to modify A and B to make it more achievable for how you want to live your life? Because that's valid. You completely. know, it's it's completely valid that I really don't want to give up C or cut back on it too much like maybe I can cut back a little bit so then I might have to modify goals a and b in order so for me to maintain doing some of c yeah yeah I mean you that's know? that's a very good point you yeah. know um on the school front I've got kids that are they're like um you know I want to get the grade in this class but I, I have all of these sports and part of their issue of why they don't try that hard in class is because the goal of getting an a is not their goal right that's it's their parents that's goal. their parents goal yeah so their why is their why is completely external right their why is because otherwise my mom gets mad at me mm -hmm. and that's a really hard reason to do something right because you know mom's gonna get mad but then mom's gonna get over it yeah so, mom's completely gonna get over it you know how how motivating is that just to avoid a little bit of conflict with mom like right. to for some of these people for some of these kids it's not a big deal like how many times do they get in trouble any given week one more thing to the pile like, okay whatever like it's gonna stink to have to go through it but We'll get through it and then we'll be done with it. Right. So you, would you rather have that conflict or would you rather actually sit down and appropriately study for a test? Right. And you're like, ugh, well, that's, that's discomfort that I have to deal with in the future. <laughs> right now, I would rather screw around on my phone yeah. and I'll deal with discomfort later. And that tends to happen. And that's such a good point too because you're – totally hitting on the the idea of that immediate gratification you yes. know and like living in the now of 
the way that so many people do nowadays. Like sometimes I think we can get away from the present. We can think in the past or we can think too much in the future. But I think that that idea of immediate gratification, we are going to do what's going to feel good right now. We are much more willing as humans to accept future disappointment for immediate gratification versus accepting um, present and immediate dissatisfaction for future enjoyment. Right. Yes. Delayed gratification is really, really difficult. Yeah. You know, if, if you have the goal of, I would like to lose weight, I want to, um, you know, spend more time with my friends and you're like, okay, but my friends usually get together and they go out to dinner and I'd also like to lose weight. So when we go out to dinner, I would really like to eat that dessert. But that wasn't on your list. Your list was your goals were losing weight and spending more time with friends. Right. And and C came along there. And it was like, ooh, I'd also like to eat dessert all the time. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to completely give up on it. Right. But if you want to lose weight and spend more time with friends, you might have to stretch the timeline on losing weight mm -hmm. if you're going to occasionally indulge in the dessert. Or you share it. Or you share the dessert. You you limit the dessert. You get it every time. But you get a smaller amount. You share it with somebody. You get it some of the time. Yeah. It's hard to wipe anything out, you especially if it's true like that. You modify. Right. You modify either how you deal with the dessert or you modify your timeline on the losing weight. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to end up spending less time with friends because that, that weakness of yours is always sitting there. Right. So something has to give. Like yeah. And I think it's important just to go back to one of the points that you just made. When you are making your goals and understanding what they will take for you to accomplish those goals and to achieve those goals, like making a list of what actions you need to do to achieve those goals is really helpful. And also making a list of what are the things you have to give up to achieve that goal. Yeah. And are you willing to do both? Yeah, because goals kind of create that binary thing. That's one of the nice parts about a goal is I have to take this action and I have to not take that action. Is that like totally stimulating your engineer brain there? 100%. <laughs> choo choo. What's choo choo? It's an engineer. Choo choo. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, you know, just take a look and see are you, are you creating conflicts where conflicts don't exist? Are you self-sabotaging in any given area? Like that's really important for you to take a look at when you're looking at your goals. All right. So once you've, you've got your goals, you're trying to create your goals, you've got the different things in all of your areas of your life, check and make sure that the goals are actually the appropriate size goal for you. Okay. And this is sort of the Goldilocks principle of goal setting is if the goal is too easy, it's not going to inspire you to do anything. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because it's like, well, yeah, I could do that. I could do that at any point in time. So I'm not going to do it today. I might as well just do it tomorrow because anytime I want to, I could just achieve that goal. It doesn't inspire anything. Or if the goal is too difficult, we're not going to try and reach it. We talked about this at the beginning of the episode. The goal is so big that we don't even try for it because in the back of our head, we don't think we can reach it. Right. We go back and we make these artificial conflicts that are preventing us from doing it because we've already accepted that that goal is essentially impossible. It's just a goal for show. Right. Yeah, if that goal, like it might sound really impressive, but if you don't actually believe that you can achieve it, you're not going to put the work in to get there. Yeah, it's not It's not your goal if you actually have already accepted its impossibility. Right. So real, proper, good goals need to be 
you know, find that sweet spot in the middle, the Goldilocks goal, the just right. Like they need to be hard enough that they're going to require you to work and get out of your comfort zone, but they should still feel achievable. Like you realize that you're going to have to do some hard work to get there, but you really believe that you can get there if you put the work in. Right. And then the higher priority that that, that particular area of your life is, the bigger that goal can be, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's like priority number one through the roof and you're like, I'm going to hit that goal. And everybody around you is like, you're insane. But if you are so driven in that area of your life, like that is by far your number one priority, you can hit goals that could just scare everybody around you yeah. because it means so much to you. Mm-hmm. If it's an area that's a little lower of a priority, having an enormous goal is going to be tough because you don't, even prioritize that enough to work on it to reach the crazy crazy dream yeah that's a really really good point like bigger goals are definitely more achievable if you prioritize them much higher on your list right and i think that some people actually get more inspired when other people think they're crazy and when other people believe that they can't do it they're like oh really you you don't think i can do this just watch me. Yeah, there's totally two major categories of that. Some yeah. people are like, I will prove you wrong. And some people are like, oh, you don't think I can do it? I guess I don't think I can do it either. True. Like they're, you're only you're falling into one category. No one hits the middle of like, eh, I'm completely indifferent to what everybody around me thinks. Like <laughs> it's just, it's such a rare quality of anybody to be totally indifferent to it's all so of their funny. peers. It's We were actually just talking about this out on a run this weekend about our need for other people to approve of us, right? (laughs) And um, how people that truly don't care what other people think about them, they exist. They're few and far between, but I really feel a lot of times like that's a blessing in disguise maybe. But just that's a huge advantage a lot of times because you just don't care. Like you're going to do what you want to do and you don't care what other people think. Right. But even that person that doesn't care what, what others think, there are people in their life whose opinions they still value. Like, yeah, just at different levels. At different levels. It might not be as much, but they still take in the opinions of others. In general, they've probably gotten better than a lot of people in society that they can be like, oh, you you don't like me? All right. Oh, you're a fan of me? Okay. Right. And they can be indifferent to a lot of it. But the people who are really, really close to them in life, their opinions still matter. Yeah, that's and, true. And like, it's, it's almost impossible to be completely indifferent to everyone around you. I don't think that you're interacting well as a human. And I'm... <laughs> I'm remarkably introverted and don't interact super well with everybody around me. And I I still value the opinions of those close to me. I think that like some people that listen to this podcast might have a hard time believing that because you have been so able to open up like on this podcast. That's because there's a microphone in front of me, not a group of people in front of me. (laughs) Don't worry about the hundreds of people listening. Yeah. Like it's funny though, because some people are like that I talk to, like in my running group, they're like, oh, Kevin's so funny and he's so this and he's so that. I know. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And they're like, well, I didn't know that until I listened to the podcast. (laughs) I'd met them like six times. I still (laughs) don't know their name because I'm so awkward in social settings. (laughs) (laughs) But just put me on a podcast and I'm great. All right, let's go back to our goal setting. So we're talking about our Goldilocks goals. And when we work with our clients and when we work with, you know, the, the people that we coach and the kids that we coach, we love to have people set multiple levels of goals, okay? So you're gonna have like goal A, goal B, and goal C. So you're gonna have like your super 
awesome goal. Like that when everything aligns and you work hard and you know, that's just like shooting for the stars kind of goal. Then you're going to have your level B goal, which is still a really awesome goal. It's just not as high as that A goal. And then C goal is the the goal that you would still be very satisfied with um, and is much more achievable than A and B. So that you have different levels of goals so that when you go into a race or a competition or something, you know, some sort of area of your life that you're trying to improve upon, you can have those different markers so that when you have that end result, so let's just say it's a race because that's an easy one. If you, at the end of the race, if you've achieved goal C, but you haven't achieved goal A, then you still know that there's work to be done, Mm -hmm. but that you can still feel satisfied and accomplished that you achieve that lower level goal. Right. And having these multiple goals helps it be a little bit easier to find the the Goldilocks goal Mm. of what is the most ideal goal setting, because it's, it's tough. You know, maybe you go for that super awesome goal and you don't have quite as much faith in your own running ability. And you're like, oh man, it would be so awesome if I could just break 30 in a 5k. And then you go out and run like a 27 and a half. Mm. And you're like, whoa, I never thought I could do that. Well, you struggle with finding your Goldilocks goal. Like you're, you're way over the top goal that you were like struggling to even say out loud. You just crushed it. Yeah. So you, you have these multiple goals or maybe you dream so big that it's nice to have a level B and a C because you can still hit that C goal because your first one is so huge that it's, it might be something that is almost never achievable. You want to keep working and striving for it, but it's like trying to gain level 11 of satisfaction almost. Right. Some people's like their their A goal is so through the roof that it's like, all right, that's awesome and it's going to keep inspiring you and you keep working towards that, but you're always going to need B and C. And so they may they may often hit B, but they may regularly hit their C goal and still find great satisfaction in in that. Right. You should still push for that first goal, but you can still feel satisfied in goal two or three. It reminds me of Lou Holtz's quote, which is, I have a standard and it's a high standard. If you aim for perfection, you'll reach greatness. If you aim for greatness, you'll reach good. If you aim for good, you'll reach average. Don't lower that standard. So by setting different levels of goals, you can see what you're actually capable of. Because I think that a lot of us, most of us, I would say, don't actually know what we're capable of. And so if we don't aim high enough, then we'll never actually know. Like we need to have high goals because sometimes if we set a high goal and we just work really hard to try to achieve it, we might not get it perfectly, but we'll end up so far ahead of what we ever thought possible. Right. So it's it's nice to have that A goal, even if you might never, ever reach there because it, it lets you know, all right, on paper, I even put this down as a goal because that's something that I will strive for and I will keep working and keep working. It it kind of takes the, the ceiling off of you by having that crazy, scary goal out there. And what if everything actually comes together one day and you hit that goal? You know, yeah. that's phenomenal. How cool would that be? And then you have to have a new A goal because you right. already hit it. Right. So then that goes back to reassessing the areas of life. There and you then go. our cycle continues. All right. So when setting goals, 
we need goals in multiple areas of our life, like we talked about, right? We're, we talked about looking at and assessing all the different areas, giving ourselves a satisfaction score, and then figuring out where to go from there. Now, this is exactly how running and how your skill or goal setting for a PR translates into real life. Right. I mean, a lot of people, like you just said, find it difficult to assess their own ability. So by practicing this skill in sort of like, okay, this is what I've done in running. This is how big my goals can be. This is what I'm going to be satisfied with. You can take that skill. You can take the results that you get out of races. You can take that practice and apply it to other areas of your life of this is the effort that I can put into something and this is what I can get out of it. Watch how big of a, of a leap I can make in my life if I just put some focus and some effort into it and I'm going to take it not just in my running life, but I'm going to put that into my family life. I'm going to put that into my job. I'm going to put that into this new aspect of my life. I just, I work really hard. I focus, I hit my, I look at the goal, I make my action steps and I strive for it. You know, that's how the goal setting works. So you can take the skills that you get from running and, and apply them and start reaching other goals in in a whole other areas. Yeah. And I think that the opposite applies as well. If you've had success in other areas of your life, like success in business or your job, or you feel like you're a really good parent or whatever it might be, if you've succeeded in those other areas of your life, that can also apply to running. Like running is no different. Same thing with losing weight, nutrition, like, oh, like every time I, you know, try a diet, I fall off the diet and then I go back and I gain the weight back again. Well, number one, diets stink, okay? So don't go on a diet. Just become a healthier person. Just accept the identity of a healthy person and take the steps and the actions that healthy people would take, which is just, you know, not being on a diet, but instead just choosing healthier food options and controlling your portion sizes and all of that stuff. That's going to lead to more long-term success. So Success in other areas can also translate into success in your running and your personal health. Yeah, you brought up a good one in there of parenting. Like when you first have a kid, no one's good at parenting. Like no one is immediately good at parenting. Yeah, when you're up at like 3.30 in the morning and your kid is like screaming at you, you're like, I am rocking this thing. Yeah, like you're covered <laughs> in feces because you're trying to change a diaper in the dark. And <laughs> and as you're changing it, then the kid spits up and you're like, I don't even, like there's so many liquids <laughs> down here. This is awful. And, and you're trying to be quiet because the other kid is still sleeping and you want to be like, oh, I'd really like to wake up my spouse because I could use a hand with this, but they were awake like an hour ago last time this happened. So <laughs> I should really take this all myself. Nick, no one was good at that, but you worked and your kids have made it through to this point and you know, they're, they're still going. So you got better, but you got better through a whole lot of trial and error and a whole lot of hard effort and your success of, you know, keeping a human alive for however many years you've right, got a kid. Right, Like, that's a win. Yeah, if you have a 10-year-old, you've succeeded for 10 years. Phenomenal. Yeah. It's like a run streak. That it's a my child's still going streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you need those goals. You can take the the success in that area and apply it to life and be like, look, I worked hard at this thing. I worked hard at it year after year, and I've achieved these kind of successes. I can take that. I can do the same thing with my nutrition, with my eating, with my running, with whatever else you want. Right. But and you can also look at what you've done and assess how it's gone so far and then made changes like with parenting like you know keeping your kid alive might be like goal c 
you know, D E F. It's probably low on the success. Survival. You know, I got the diaper on forward. All right. (laughs) So, but you know, by assessing your successes along the way, you can figure out, you know, how to actually create a child that is respectful to other human beings and that, you know, tries to achieve things in their life and And studies for their chemistry tests. (laughs) And yes, studies for their chemistry tests. So without goals, our life can be very, can become very stale and stagnant. Like it's one of those things where how many times do you just go through the motions? Like day in and day out, you go to work, you do this, you feed the kids, you watch Netflix at night, you go to bed. Like how stale and stagnant is that? Like if you had some goals and you had some direction, how much more fun might it be? Right. You know, you keep going through that. You don't check in on yourself. You never assess the situation. You've got this sort of routine that you go through. And finally you wake up one morning and you're like, oh, 10, 10 years passed and I'm in the same spot. And if you were to reassess at that point, if you're still doing the same things, is your level of satisfaction at the same point? Or by doing the same things for the last several years, is your level of satisfaction gradually slipping lower and lower? Mm-hmm. The goals help you at a minimum maintain a level. And by just checking in with yourself and seeing your satisfaction, you can prevent yourself from slipping down in areas, especially areas that are higher priority in your life. Right. You know? Or you can check and be like, actually, at this stage in my life, I think I'm going to flip these areas. I'm going to take this area of life and make it a higher priority. And this area, I'm going to push down a little bit because it's not that big of a deal in my in my life right now. Right. And that goes back to the whole idea of cycles and seasons and having goals in different areas of your life. It, things are going to change. Your priorities are going to change at different points in time. Like when you're a mom with young kids, you know, under the age of 10 and you are doing everything for them, that's going to be much different than when your kids are in college. And maybe you have some more time to focus in on what you actually want or who who you actually are. I mean, I would hope, you know, suggest that you start thinking about those things earlier, but I know that a lot of moms, and I shouldn't just keep it at moms. I I speak out of personal experience and experience of my friends, but I'm sure a lot of dads out there too that identify themselves as a parent and wanting to do everything for their kids, provide everything for their kids. A lot of times parents neglect themselves in that process. And I would encourage you that if you are in that phase of your life, not to totally um, let go of who you are and what you want. Um, you know, take a look at your goals and and make sure that you have things that are going to feed your soul outside of just parenting. Um, Because then you might look back after 20 years and the kids are off to college or wherever they're going and not even know who you are anymore. Right. Yeah. That part where you you lose yourself because you were so invested in the kids. Mm -hmm. I like that you you point out how you were were personalizing that. We should really check back to when you talked about young kids back in like episode one or two and see if you said kids eight or under. And you just keep taking our oldest and making her young kids. Yeah. So in a couple of years, young kids, like 15 or under. (laughs) Yeah. Young kids, like 25 or under. (laughs) Check in on episode 1000 and see where we're at. (laughs) Check in. But yeah, like, you know, so understanding that you're going to have these cycles and these seasons of life, and that's totally normal. And that's one of the reasons that you need to do these constant assessments. And I would suggest doing them multiple times per year, but at a minimum, I would say once a year would be a good thing to 
shoot for. I mean, we're coming up on December and that means we're darn near at the, at the new year. So mm-hmm. it's time to make giant goals in your life. Oh no, Lord, don't get me started on that one. <laughs> Everybody sign up for a gym membership <laughs> and then cancel it in February. Right. But you don't have to wait for the new year. Any time is a good time to take a look at your goals, your priorities, figure out where you are and figure out where you want to go and then start to draw your own path on how to get there. Okay, so you're probably waiting on the edge of your seats to find out who our runner of the week is this week. I am. I just want to do a drum roll. Okay, well, don't worry. You will have time for that. Perfect. But before we get to our runner of the week, we want to let you guys know about a really cool thing that we've started. So we try out and use different products in our life that we can recommend to other people on how to improve on their health journey. And one of the products that we really like using for our protein powder is a product called Orgain. That's O-R-G-A-I-N. So we really like it. We use it all the time. We use their vegan protein powders in both chocolate, vanilla, and I also use the collagen peptides in my coffee every morning. And we both love these products. Yeah, I mean, I stick a scoop of that stuff into my oatmeal every single morning. You put it into your coffee all the time that makes your hair thick and luxurious. (laughs) I don't know about that, but it's probably better than it would be without it. So we reached out to the company to see if we could get a discount code for you guys because we just want to start spreading the word about some of the products to make healthy living a little bit easier for you to support you on your running journey and your recovery. And getting enough protein is something that's really important. So Orgain is organic um, and they use clean ingredients. It, the, the company was actually started by a physician that had cancer or he had cancer when he was younger and then he became a physician. Um, it's actually a pretty cool story. If you want to check out the website, you can read the story on there. It's also on the back of the bottles. But um, the website is orgain.com. That's O-R-G-A-I-N.com. And if you use the code Real Life Runners, you will get 30% off your first order and then 10% off any future orders. Um, You can also set it up to auto ship like monthly every couple of months, however frequently you want. And if you set it up there, you'll get an additional 10% off. Ooh, bonus 10% off. Right. So we just wanted to, you know, reach out and we're going to start doing some discount codes. We're going to start doing some discount codes for um, races also. We're going to start reaching out to different race directors to see if we can get you guys discount codes because we want running to just be one of those things that's easy. And who loves, you know, who doesn't love saving money when it comes to all these things too? Saving money on that, saving money on whatever you can do to help improve your health. Yep. And it's a great protein powder. Like you said, you need to get your protein in, especially after a long run. Yes. It's it's super huge. So if you go to orgain.com and use the code realliferunners, that will get you 30% off your first order. Also, if you have an upcoming race that you're looking to do and would like us to get you a discount code, send us an email. You can email me at angie at realliferunners.com and let me know what races you um, are thinking about signing up for and then I will be happy to have my assistant send an email to those race directors to see if we can get a coupon code or a discount code for you guys to use. Yeah, and if it's a super awesome race, then we should, you know, plan a giant trip with our family and go visit them. For sure. You know, we want to start planning more real-life runner meetups around the country so that, you know, if you guys are running races, we can you can put the event in our private Facebook group, the Real Life Runners Tribe, so that you know if other real-life runners are going to be at that race also. And it'd be really cool to start getting little meetups around the country so- or around 
around the world. I mean, we've got listeners in the UK, Australia. We're like in over 45 or 50 countries now. It's pretty I crazy. I haven't checked the country. I haven't in checked it in a while. So anyway, so that's something cool um, and a new thing that we've got for you guys. And then now it's time. Ooh, runner of the week. Go ahead, go ahead. Brrrm. And our real life runner of the week this week is Allison O'Brien. Woohoo! There it is. Congratulations, Allison. Allison just ran the Richmond Marathon and absolutely crushed it. She ran a 350. She just like, her splits were gorgeous. She posted up her splits the other day in the tribe and it was just spot on. She ran it with one of the other members of our tribe, Candy Miller, and the two of them ran the whole thing together and just had the best time. Um, So we reached out to Allison to let her know that she was our runner of the week and she sent us a little message and here's what it says. I started running in my 20s when I realized I needed to make some lifestyle changes. I've loved it from the start. I was never athletic growing up and never thought I could be. Running kept me in pretty good shape throughout my second pregnancy, and afterwards it was definitely my way of relieving stress of life with two little boys. This year was the first time I really leaned in on running on my running tribe, my in-person tribe of fellow running mamas and RLL tribe online, and it really turned running from a stress-relieving hobby to a way of life. I found RLR a few months into training for a half marathon, and I love being reminded that we all run for fun and the pure joy of it. I'm still in that crazy happy high from an amazing race at Richmond Marathon where I ran every step of the race with a dear friend and we both PR'd our pre-baby marathon times by over 30 minutes and beat our goal time by three minutes. So the word joy is at the forefront of my mind when thinking about running. Hopefully that never changes. That is awesome. I absolutely love and adore this message. And Allison, your boys are so cute. Like she posts up little, like this is like a strong stroller pushing mama, like did a lot of her training runs with the double stroller, pushing those boys along or going to the park. And, um, you know, so we just love seeing how you incorporate running into your real life, into your family life. And it doesn't take you away. Like, I mean, I'm sure it does a little bit, but you really do a great job to incorporate running into your life. And you're really setting a great example for your boys and taking care of yourself and your health this way yeah marathon training with a dually stroller is really it's it's running and strength training all in one and it brings the family in no wonder you crushed that goal you were like (laughs) running with like crazy resistance the whole time right so anyway congratulations allison thank you for being a part of our tribe thank you for sharing your running journey with us both on facebook and on instagram we love seeing your progress and keep on running your life Um, I think that's pretty much what we've got today. I think that's what we've got. All right, guys. So if you have a chance, you know, start writing down some goals, like go, go through and write it down in your own handwriting, write down the different areas of your life, where your satisfaction is and where you'd like, what you'd like to achieve in all those different areas so that you can really be on point with, with your running journey and with your personal health journey and just your life journey in general. So that about wraps it up. As always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. No matter if you're on your run, in the car, or somewhere in between, we appreciate you taking the time to spend with us. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 115. Now get out there and run your life. If you're ready to have more fun and achieve the goals that matter to you without sacrificing the rest of your life in the process, this message is for you. 
Maybe you're feeling confused or frustrated because you're not making the progress you want, even though you're running three times per week or more. Maybe you're feeling tired or sore all the time because you're pushing harder every day trying to get better. Maybe you want to run longer, but every time you run a couple of miles, that nagging knee pain starts to act up again. Maybe you've been told that you should probably stop running so much because you're getting older, but you refuse to accept that and want to find a way to continue to improve in your 40s, 50s, and beyond. Maybe you just feel like you're winging it every day and want to start working towards a goal. You want to feel better and be able to make progress in your running as you get older. And if you're like us and the other runners we work with, you want your running to help you become stronger and more resilient in all other areas of your life too. Plus, you need something that fits in your real life that is simple, easy to understand, and effective. Don't worry, we've got you. If you're ready to transform into a strong, confident, and successful real-life runner, the Real Life Runners Academy has everything you need. It includes training plans, coaching, and programs that will teach you how to run faster, run longer, feel better, and accomplish your goals. Check it out today over at realliferunners.com forward slash academy. Enrollment will be opening soon, so be sure to join the wait list so that you can be notified when doors are open. It's time to run your life.